Season 2, episode 28 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Jav. Joining me this week, Bex from Portsmouth. Hello. And Mark Stoll from California. Hello there. Right, it's just gone um, 6 o'clock on Sunday the 28th of Feb. Um, we played we played Swansea. Um, we've won that match. Um, we're going to talk about the, the, what that means and, and, and the game and, and so forth in a minute. But before we do, we had a game earlier in the week, um, Europa League tie against Fiorentina, which we won um, 3-0. And that puts us through 4-1, um, through to the next round to the last 16, um, where we face Dortmund. Let, let's let's begin by talking about that. Um, you both watched the game. What was your, what was your take on that one? But the fans were really up for it. That's probably the loudest I've heard the lane. There was singing and there was noise all night. The atmosphere must have been amazing. You were there. How was it? I was there. Um, it was really good. I think particularly second half. There was there was a there was a period of time sort of spell where and you would have this would have come across on TV where the Park Lane was singing to the shelf. Yep. Um, which you know that normally when that happens, particularly at Premier League matches. Um, the park lane starts singing and the shelf don't reply back and it's just it's just embarrassing it's just awful you know but it went on for ages it, it, absolutely it was just it was just going on and I don't know how much of it was because more dare I say it true fans got in at the, at the, at, at a reduced price whether it's you know under the floodlights all of that sort of thing but yeah the atmosphere was um, was rocking on on Thursday night. Um, my, my, my experience was a little bit, um, uh, I was, I was at the game with, with a gentleman called Paul Esau, um, and he was a bit worse for wear. Um, he's probably going to kill me for saying this, but I, I don't care. <laughs> he, he was really, really shit faced. Um, he was in a, he was in a bad way to the point where, I mean, he was literally, there were various points where he was just about to throw up um, and there was, a, there was a steward next to us who was really friendly um, and was looking after Paul um, and uh, yeah that sort of sullied the the night somewhat but it, it was it was a good performance and a great atmosphere. So this is how you get people to listen to the pod by name checking them and then ex- giving all of their bad habits out to the yeah, known universe. Absolutely. Nice. absolutely. Okay. Mark what did you think of the match and performance? Um, it was absolutely perfect to be quite honest. I mean, obviously, we've done it all season. When we have actually lost the game, we've bounced back, and every time we do, there's obviously going to be tension as to, you know, if we're going to bounce back again and how we're going to react. And they are not an easy team to play against. They're, you know, they're just spoilers as far as I was concerned. They were kicking lumps out of people wherever they could especially Ali. I mean, even for Mason's goal, the guy tried with both feet to put something on Ali. 
Um, but you know, they're very they're Italian team. They're very tough to beat, and you know, we we played really well, especially the second half. We went up a gear, and passing was a lot more crisp, and we were biting at them. And it could have been four or five quite easily by mm. the end. I mean, we totally just took all the heart out of them, as far as I was concerned, and it was just perfect, perfect. The sense that I got from that match was um, I never felt it. I, I felt really comfortable watching just watching it. Just you know, with Palace last week, I had a really bad vibe before the match, and and even when I was there, I just, just you just I just felt it was going to be one of those days, one of those frustrating afternoons at White Hart Lane. Um, that night against Fiorentina, I just felt we we were in control the whole game. Um, I didn't. You know, obviously it helps the first leg being away from home, but I thought we were the better team. Um, I think that Mason played really well. Um, we had a, had a really good game, um, and and we did it without Harry Kane, which you know who would have thought it? We, we've been sit all season, even before that in, in the summer, um, bemoaning the fact that we haven't got another striker and how we should have bought Berahino, how we should have got this person or that person. Um, but we're managing managing nicely. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it was good. Ali, I was disappointed was, with the ref and, and uh, Ali's booking because I thought Ali had a fantastic night, and that the booking just kind of soured it a little. And he's out of the out of the, out of the second out, out three out of the the the, the next match against Dortmund first leg against Dortmund. Um, I suppose by that stage, Musa Musa hopefully should be back. Um, not the same. It's not like for like, but at least we'll have him back in the midfield. Um, and, we, and we've got other options going forwards that, that can play instead of Ali. Um, but yeah, it was... You'll oh, be fired up for the second leg. And I think Poch, Poch must have got his head right for for the next game. You know, it obviously took a bit of stick from the first game over there. And, it, you know, it just seemed like Potch said, look, go out there and, and play your game and show everybody the real alley and this other stuff, you know, put it to the side. And he, he did exactly that. And they still, was they were amazing. Shitless. They were scared shitless of him, kicked lumps out of him. And actually, over the past five or six games, he has been absolutely brilliant. His composure on the ball is amazing for his age. Even... Even in the City game where we went through a bit of a rough patch and we were struggling to keep the ball, he was spot on, absolutely spot on. I'm just he keeps getting better and better. I think he's probably I'm, I'm I think he's probably the best English player midfield player that I've seen in the last ten or fifteen years um, ahead of Gerrard. I'd go as far as saying ahead of Lampard. I know that that people are going to say, well, you know, hold on, it's early days. But in terms of his technical ability, in terms of what he does, the only other, the only player that I would put ahead of him is Paul Scholes. Yeah, I could see that. He's something that will come with time. I mean, you look at such such will improve. Yeah. He's. I think he's going to be. He's going to be a Lampard type player he's going to be a regular 10 goal 10 goal plus a season midfielder if he carries on the momentum he's got I really do well the 
I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I don't want to bang on about Lampard and Jarrett, but that they both of them, Lampard got got a lot of goals and Gerard did, and he was a great driving force and, and so forth. But none of them, as far as I'm concerned, had the technical ability, the skill that that Deli Ali possesses, and certainly they did. They weren't. They they, they didn't at, at at the age that Ali is. I mean, he's uh, he's just. He reminds me not in terms of playing style, but um, he reminds me of when Wayne, when Wayne Rooney broke on the scene as a raw talent. Um, except I think he's actually more mature than than Rooney was at that age. Well, he's he's, he's more mature than Rooney is now, but um, the concern is that Rooney kind of plateaued, and there are a number of, of players who come out very young. Rooney is one. Walcott possibly is another, um, and don't ever push on. I don't see that with Ali. I think he's got a lot to learn and that he will just continue to get better. He's had an amazing season so far. And I would say almost racehorse like like Vieira or Torre could be in his at his best. Yeah, I think that that's that's a good I'm gonna make an analogy that that's a good he's he's I mean he's just But it's also about his importance to the team, isn't it? And he is massively important to the team at the moment. Yeah, and and it's also the way he asserts himself in, in, in matches. You know, that for a player of that age, it's just beyond belief. Um, so just on t- 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 um, during during, during t- t- um, today's match at half time, um, the the half time guest was um, Alan, Alan Gilstein. And he was talking about White Hart Lane, and um, he mentioned that you know it's a great place. It was a great place to play then, and it still is now. The atmosphere, and that's one of the special things he said. Of when it's really, you know, when we're doing really well, um, White Hart Lane's rocking. In particular, he said on on a European night, um, and as as we said earlier, that was that was the case um, on Thursday. And it, for me, it begs belief that so many people. Still, up until a week ago, were saying, you know, we should be out of Europa. Some people have referred it to as a, as a Mickey Mouse um, competition. And I know we sort of t- touched on this last week, but it just really gets on my go. I think it's just stupid. How can you not want to be involved with those big matches when the atmosphere is so good and and when it's a tr- chance for silverware? Um, you've 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 got, to, as far as I'm concerned. A club like Tottenham Hotspur, they have to be involved in such nights. Um, wasn't there a famous quote from um, Bill Nickerson around um, around European uh, participation in in European competitions? It will come to me. But yeah, it's um... okay. So the um, I heard the FA Cup referred to as a tin pot cup earlier this week, following last weekend's. Uh, lost to Palace but I don't is it the European thing is it because the games are made in the evening is it because now it's an achievable it looks achievable or is it simply is as we said this time last year when we went out to Fiorentina and then we lost to Chelsea in the League Cup it all kind of seemed to fall apart and I did say it last year was it because we weren't in that rhythm of playing two games a week and maybe this is another way to keep that momentum going. Because it is. It's one thing after another. The minute you finish a game, 
there's no time really to dwell on it. You're not mm. getting a week or so to think about it. You're straight up and you need to concentrate on the next one. And, and also, if, if you're doing well and you're winning all of these matches, whether they're league, Europe, or whatever, the players are just going to want to continue playing. They just want the games to, to come quickly, thick yeah. and fast. Um, the quote from Nicholson was, it's magnificent to be in Europe, and this club, a club like Tottenham Hotspur, if we're not in Europe, we're nothing, we're nothing. And to me, that, that sums it up. So those nights, um, I said this off air, those nights, if you're lucky enough to go to, to um, be at Waha Lane on a European night, something special. But also, if you even if you're watching at home, um, I've always felt that that when there's a you know when there's a game that's involving Spurs or even somebody else, when it's a fantastic atmosphere, that comes that comes through the TV, um, and and you can get a sense for that. And and why wouldn't we want to be involved in such nights? There's, I think there's a tendency for some of our fans to think, well, we, we've got a chance of winning the league. And, and that's, that's it. it. And that's it. And that, they're just that, putting that all their eggs it. in one basket. That is it. It's the league. If if we weren't in our position in the league, we would not be hearing this. It's yeah. it's the league. The league is is the big one. It's the dream, and everybody just wants it so bad, you know. But I mean, Paul Eshaw and I um, at the at the Fiorentina game, we, we were discussing this, and Paul. Paul raised a question. He says, "Did anybody see the FA Cup and the Fiorentina game as a minor distraction or nuisance from the real business of getting another three points chalked up on route to the history books and winning the title?" Now, he does use the word minor, and I think what he was getting at is not that we should throw those games, as some suggest, but that they can be perhaps a distraction. Was that a fair comment, or? Actually, I think the Fiorentina game was perfect because it got us to get our momentum back quickly. It was a absolutely a win that would, you know, boost our confidence back up where it needed to be for the league, and it did exactly that. So in this case, I actually think it was perfect. And then again, today's game, coming to fight back after being one down. 20 minutes to go to score two on the back of a European game. And there are a number of detractors from that Thursday-Sunday routine. So, again, today was a really important win from that point of view. Mm. And the points are always good and the Arsenal lost. La, 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 la. I can sort of see, see what he's saying in the sense that I think we're all getting very excited about the league. Um, and it's that... still too far away, though, isn't it? It's We're yeah. in February, for crying out loud. And it's a long way and there are... A number of serious games that we have to play, um, not least of which is next Saturday. Yeah, which we'll, we'll come to. Um, so we, we've, we've drawn Dortmund in the next round. Now um, they're second in, in the table, as as are we. Um, and the first leg is away from home on the tenth. Second leg um, is on the following week, seventeenth on St Patrick's Day. Um, should we be scared of Dortmund? I don't know enough about them, to be honest. Uh, that's kind of it was, that was my question. Should we be scared of them? Just hoping to gain a little bit of opinion from other people. I don't think we should. 
I don't think we should be scared of anybody at the moment. I think there are a lot of teams in that draw, in that European draw that was made on, on, on Friday, um, that were looking at it and were quite relieved that they didn't draw us. I think there are quite a few teams that are looking at what's happening. Maybe the maybe the pundits aren't give it, giving us um, the respect that we deserve. Maybe opposition fans aren't. But I think people in football, the people that know, I think you know managers, other teams have, have talked. You've only, you've only got to listen to... I mean, what did Slavon Bilic say um, earlier this season yep. when, when we beat them 4-1? Um, various other managers um, have, have talked us up, and and I think I think there are there are a few teams that, that breathed a sigh of relief that when they didn't draw us. So I think actually Dortmund are probably, uh, if anything, are going to fear us, not the other way around. Now that they're they are definitely a step up in competition. Don't yeah. No, don't worry about that. They are you, very much experienced in Europe they've got at least three or four very good players now I'm not downplaying us by any means but you know they're a team very much like us and and kind of where we want to be there they've got a great fan base the fans and the and the team are very close the club have worked very hard to to produce that atmosphere too and you know they did when Klopp was there I think it's perfect experience for us to sort of see where we want to be and how we want our team to be going into the new stadium. We're, we're very much alike, and it's going to be two great atmospheres mm-hmm. and two very, very well contested games. Yeah, and I think the the fact that also the the second leg is at home, I think that will that will favour us. I can, That's a I, big help, I think. I can see us. I can see us going there, getting a point, even losing two one, getting a vital away away goal, or or or, or even losing one nil. Um, without the away goal and, and then bringing them back to the lane where the atmosphere I think will be unbelievable I think if, if whatever it was on, on Thursday night it's going to be ten times better um, absolutely um, and I think yeah you're right Mark I think it's it's going to be a real test but it's a it's it's for me it's two champion, Champions League teams playing each other other than the fact that it's not a Champions, Champions, League, Champions, <laughs> Champions League match. No, we, we, we are, we, without wanting to sound arrogant, I think we've, we're pretty much qualified for the, for, you know, we're pretty much guaranteed a Champions League place. We're going to finish somewhere in the top four. It would, we would have to shoot ourselves in the foot several times to, to fall out of the top four and United or whoever else are outside of that would have to go on an amazing run. Um, they're second in the table as well, so I think you know these are. These it should are sort be a of fairly matches. even match. Yeah, these are sort of matches we're, we're going to be playing next year against quality teams, and it's a step up from Fiorentina, and that's good. Let Let's see if we, if if we can. Um, well, we have to make that step up sometime, don't we? Yeah. Can't be playing, you know, Dinamo. Where the fuck are we forever? It needs to be a proper team. Absolutely. And I think also looking at the draw, there was one or two, I think, Fenerbahce away. I, would, I wouldn't have fancied that, to be honest. Basel. Um, but Basel could be tricky. Um, with Donetsk in there, Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, now I'm quite happy that we've drawn. There was quite a few Spanish teams um, in there, but I'm quite happy that we've, we've drawn Dortmund. I think it's good. Well, yeah, and that's the other thing. is It's not that too... That's a relatively close game. It's not that far to travel. So, unlike previous seasons you know, where we've had to play at the back of beyond in Kiev and things um, and in the Arctic Circle it shouldn't be that draining on the players from that point of view 
And we have got some big games coming up, so it'd be really good if they're not absolutely exhausted from it. Yeah. Okay, um, let's talk about today. Um, oh, just uh, quick predictions then on, on Dortmund. Both games? Well, the tie, yeah. Can we can we go through? Yeah. Okay, Mark. We're, we're capable of it. It's totally dependent on our performance in Dortmund because they will want to, they will come and absolutely try and put that tie to bed in that home tie and it's it's totally to me for me it's totally going to be dependent as to how we come away from that tie mm. and they're still a team to be worried about when they come to England too they've they've had plenty of experience playing in England recently as well they've played Arsenal a good few times in the Champions League so we're definitely capable of doing it but it's dependent on what happens in Germany I think that I think they'll come to the lane and score a goal um, because they're a good team and I wouldn't be surprised if they do that and they hit, hit, get one um, on the counter against us. Um, I think the first leg will either be 1-0 or 2-1 to them and I think the second leg we're going to win 3-1 so I, I think we'll, we'll go through but it's it's a tough one to call. Right. It's, not, it's not going to be easy matches, put it that way, but that's we're not in it for easy matches. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is it's the business end of the season. Um, and if you want to win, you play the big boys. Yeah, yeah. Bring it on. There's Bring no, it on. There's not. There's no easy game left in that tournament. Anybody no. we got in that Europa draw would have been tough. Yeah. Okay, so today um, we played Swansea. Um, I was at the match. Um, it reminded me. It's a bit weird. It reminded me of. Of the Sunderland game earlier this season, um, a few months, uh, last month, January, um, where Sunderland took the lead, um, but I'd never felt threatened at any point. I always thought that we, we, we would come back in that match, and we did. Um, and I felt the same today, because I think we had a lot of the possession, a lot of the chances early on. We're doing everything right but score. They got a goal against the run of play. But unlike last week against Palace, where, like I said, I had this bad feeling, I just felt... Swansea didn't look dangerous going forward to me, but they also weren't one of these teams that come to the lane and put 10 behind the ball. They just looked vulnerable, and they were there for the taking. So it, it was a little bit frustrating when that you know when we were pushing and pushing and huffing and puffing, but you know eventually um, we came good, and, and and I was confident that we would do that. So um, happy with the performance and happy that, that that we've won. And you know Spurs teams of old would have probably played a Europa game on a Thursday played and fallen apart and fallen apart on a Sunday yeah um, so really happy with that result and the performance yeah I had a, a really I, I was struggling with to get a decent stream today um, so I only watched intermittent bits of the game um, fortunately I watched both the goals that's always very pleasant um, but I know Mark was watching a much better stream because he kept telling me how what was going on bless him <laughs> and keeping me updated onto things whilst I was screaming at televisions Yeah, it was it was a very good win. I was a little bit nervy because I know how good they are with their with their passing when they want to be. They can be pretty slick, and you know we were going for it. Even at one at one one, you know we were just going to keep pushing forwards and going for it. And I was a little bit nervy with Rose. He was caught up the pitch a few times during the game, but I say it was just it's just us. 
at the moment. And, you know, you've got to give credit to Park. I mean, we keep saying it, but even in, in these situations, that bloke's got massive balls, I tell you. He does not <laughs> He does not want to play for a draw at any time. No. At any time. How many times this season has it been, as a game been a precarious position and he's just said, we're going for it every single time. We're going to take our chances. We're confident in ourselves. Let's do this. And it comes off. Yeah, the bits I did see, I thought Ericsson had a really good game. Yeah. Um, and Ali, again. Ericsson, Ericsson was really asserting himself on the game. Lots of cute passes. He was also tracking back, work, really working hard. Um, Ali, good game. Dyer, um, good game. Um, the back four... Toby was just rock solid. Um, fullbacks did well. Um, the only player that was a little little bit off the boil, I thought, was Son. Um, I was surprised that we took off Lamella and bought on was it Chadley for Lamella. Um, but there you go. What do we know about football? What do I know about football? Um, Pochettino got it right because he, he got he got the equaliser. Um, I think Mark, you and I were chatting about this. I think I was. I expected Mason to come on for for Sun, um, which yep. I think happened happened later on. Um, and nice to see um, Danny Rose pop up and uh, get a goal. And um, Paul Esau again, who I mentioned earlier, who was, was at the match um, at one point when we were try we were still one 0 behind. Um, he said we were doing too much um, too much fingering and not enough fucking. Um, i.e. we weren't getting balls in the box and we were just playing it around too much um, in the outside I disagree, of the penalty. I, dis- I disagree with that. I've I got to say, I disagree with that. I mean... Do you, think the, penetra- honest, do you think the penetration was there? Oh, absolutely. I think we put every finger in them. <laughs> to be honest, we had no fingers left. I mean, <laughs> Fabianski made 12 saves, 34 shots on goal, you know. There wasn't much more you could say we could be doing, and, and we got there in the end. We did it. And Walker, actually, I, I would like to say that Walker had a very good game offensively. Even before Chadley's goal, he put a, a good amount of good balls into the box and probably had his best attacking game since uh, we, we slaughtered the Pikes, for me. Um, he was very good. Mm. Um. Now, that win keeps us in second. Um, the, the, the nice thing was, obviously, well, the main thing was, was, was us winning, which, which we did, but it was also quite sweet that um, United beat Woolwich 3-2. So we're now three points clear of them, um, which, which is nice. And our goal difference, I think, is 28, and theirs is 17 or something. Yep. Plus um, two on our goal difference over them. Now, the... the the disappointing thing was yesterday. Obviously, Leicester won their match, um, and they got, they got a they got, indeed, and they they got a late goal. Now there was I was really I was reading a lot of things on social media yesterday and and, and Facebook groups and whatnot, and there was quite a few people that were saying were quite frustrated that you know that Leicester sort of seemed to keep going and and. Uh, and there was, you know, this ex- not expectation, but there was a sort of feeling that, you know, if, if they drop points yesterday, and if the, if we win against um, 
against Swansea will, will go top of the table. And then when that didn't happen and, and they drew, it was a sense of disappointment. To be honest, I'm not, I wasn't too fussed about what Leicester did at this stage. We've still got 11 matches left. Um, Arsenal, it's always nice when they lose, full stop. It's also nice that they lost today because of that wide, widens the gap. Well, it's now ah, points rather than goal difference. Mm. Well, a little bit of clear, clear, clear blue water between us and them is good. But the main thing for me was was us winning, and I don't. I'm quite happy for us to remain second at this stage of the season. Um, you know, if if we if we had gone top today, that's to me that's okay. That's nice, but too soon. It's too soon. Championships aren't aren't won in in February. Um, we just it, for me it's a marathon, not a sprint. And if we just continue as we are, um, I think that's that's the way forward. I mean, you don't want to. You don't want to climax straight away, really. You want to, if you think of this, think of the season. The first part of the season was all the foreplay, okay? All those draws and just getting the results. That was that was a foreplay. Now we're in the sex, um, but we just want to come at the right. We just want to climax at the right moment. Um, so come the end of the season, Newcastle away. That'll be, that'll be the, the time. You've got to be tantric about these matters, Mark. Yeah, sure. No, I, I agree. Um, we just got to hope that, you know, we don't get a finger up our arse and come too soon. <laughs> right? <laughs> but no, um, we just got to keep worrying about our games. Screw yep. Leicester and everybody else. Each game, exactly what Potch says, each game, take as it comes, concentrate on winning our games. And, you know, the rest is out of our control. Concentrate on what we can control. Yeah, build up, keep the momentum going, keep going, going, keep going, and then come the end of the season. That's when you climax, and there'll be a big explosion. That's that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, (laughs) (laughs) hmm. Such erotica is beyond me, honestly. (laughs) Discussing such matters on a football podcast is just scandalous. Um, It would be nice because if if we could achieve something by our last home game I think that would be really special rather than waiting until the following week and the treble is still what's, on by the way what's what's the deal with all these Monday games though you know I don't want no you know sky mental Mondays or anything like that I'm quite happy to have a super Tuesday or a wonderful Wednesday how oh, that's you know? called sky and Murdoch fucking over Spitting the fans Thursday um Sorry, Jav, you said something just now? I said I said the treble is still on, isn't it? What treble? The league, Premier League, the yeah. Europa League, and the ladies in the Ryman, Ryman's Cup on the 14th. Well, they're in two cups. They're in two, they are, that's right. Two that's, cup that's, that's, finals. Okay, well, but the, unfortunately, quadruple. not the FA Cup. Quadruple is on then. Okay. Um, we've, got, we've got West Ham, middle of the week, and, and then Woolwich next next um next Saturday. Um by the way, six 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 wins on the trots. Um, I think the last time we did that was twenty eleven twelve when Harry was, was manager um back in the autumn of, of, of that season. Um can we make it seven against the spammers on on, on Wednesday, Mark? You're a big one yeah. big fan of West Ham and uh, I fucking hate West Ham. <laughs> Apparently he's not. I fucking hate them. <laughs> oh, God. I, yeah, we're going to beat them. We are going to beat them. I'm 
I'm still more confident in us away from home than I am at home for some reason at the moment. Well, with good reason. But, um, yeah, we're going to beat those dirty bastards. And, you know, that we we slaughtered them earlier in the season and then there was all that shit about, oh, well, Pyatt wasn't playing. They could have had five Pyatts that game. We just absolutely murdered them. And I'm pretty confident we're going to do the same this week. I hope so. Yep. Well, Dembele won't, will, will still be missing for that match and, and, and the... Yeah, and okay, but... Uh, Alright, so which players did we miss today? We didn't. Did we miss Dembele today? Okay, alright. So, did we miss anybody on Thursday? No. Kane or Dembele? We, exactly. We, so, we've got, we've the, got the squad that we can cope with those people that are out. It's not ideal, and obviously it would be best if they weren't injured. But it's not the end of the world. We got, we got our we got our spine back Thursday and today. We got Toby at the back, a Dyer in the middle. Yeah, and, and that's all it is. Huge. That's what we need. Huge. So, yeah, Poch isn't going to roll over. He's going to put out another really, really strong squad for the Pikey's game. So, yeah, I'm not seeing a problem there at all. We should thrash him quite comfortably. Okay. Um, I think we'll, we'll win that one. Um, the the one that I'm a little bit worried about is not for any other reason uh, other than it's just it's a North London derby, and I get really tense before them before those matches and just physically yeah. quite sick. Um, they are stressful games. That's what a derby is all about. It should be all about. It shouldn't be a, oh, well, we're playing them, but it doesn't really matter. They should be games that freeze your bones type thing. But, but for me, each fan is different, but for me, I don't, I hate, I can't stand Chelsea. I, you know, and West Ham, I'd obviously like to beat them as well, but they're just not the same. For, for, for me, a North London derby, beating the Gooners um, means everything. And losing to them makes me sick, and it takes me a long time to recover from that. And I just, oh, the last time I was there was for the um, Capital One Cup tie that we, we lost. And okay, it was Capital One Cup, and we you know we, we didn't have all of our players out that day, and and so forth. But watching Flamini score twice against us, celebrate, and and then their fans at the end of the end at the end of the match um, tearing up the the advertising boards and just throwing them down. I just, I've just got utter. It's, I mean, hate, hate's a strong word, but I really have got hatred running through my body when it comes to Arsenal. I really can't stand them, um, which makes me more nervous going into that game. Okay, but, so um, but if you look at it logically, do you think that apart from the fact that it will always be a tight game because of what it is, do you think that we're likely to lose at home? I think that we're the better team. I can't see this. I can't see them getting anything. Maybe a draw. Maybe. Which, funny enough, you know, if we if we beat West Ham in the middle of the week and we we draw against Woolwich, um, although I'd be disappointed with that because I think we're, we're better than them, we'd, we'd still be above them um, yep. on points. So. Um, well, do they not play midweek? 
Assuming they also win their match midweek and we, okay. we win against West Ham, um, then a draw would, would still keep keep us above them, three points above them. Um, but um, just from, if I was looking at, looking at it objectively, if you're going to ask me who the better team is, I think we are. And um, as long as we don't play the occasion, well, as long as we just go about doing what, what, we've, what we've been doing all season, um, then I don't see any reason why, why we can't win the match. But with a better team, and frankly, we should have won at their, their gaff earlier this season. Okay. I know bones about it. This is the biggest North London derby in a long, long time. This is going to be very, very nervy for everyone. I fully expect to be standing up the whole game. <laughs> it's going to be shouting. really nervy. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be tense as they come. And, you know, they had a nightmare today. And no matter what happens on Wednesday, it won't change anything. This game is going to be huge for both teams. And, you know, they had a shitter today and lost, which was great. But this game probably comes at a really good time for them as well. Because if there's any game that, you know, getting a good result can boost their season back where it needs to be, it's that one. You know? And the only thing that concerns me with them is goals from free kicks They've, how many goals have they scored from free kicks and from Ozil lobbing the ball in the box and headed headed goals and you know we were quite lucky against them earlier on in the season with that but by the same token the silence from that side of <laughs> that side that at the moment is deafening they have not said a word all season about us because they can't no and they are way more nervous than we are. They are way more unhappy, way more unhappy than we are. And, oh, man. Yeah, but traditionally, they kind of... This is when they start picking themselves up. Every year, mm-hmm. they do their whole kind of... Between October and March, and they play, all right, ish, mediocre. They're normally in and amongst it. Um, and they're... All you know, Wenger needs to leave. We need to get him out. He's not doing anything for us. And then about March, that's when they have their resurgence, and they start to play well and they start to pick up big points. So I'm hoping they don't do that again this year. I would be quite dischuffed if they do. Absolutely. So predictions. One one. Okay, interesting. Thanks. Mm. 2-1 um, yeah I'm going to go for 2-1 as well but uh, oh, I, yeah I'm looking forward to it and I'm not looking forward to it if that makes sense um, I just yeah it's um, it's a huge game you can't not look forward to it in that sense that it because it's such a big game and because of who it is I'm because we really need to win, that makes it a huge game. Um, but at the same time, it's that whole crap. What if we don't? If we um, if we do beat them, and if we beat West Ham, um, I don't know who Leicester City are playing next, but potentially we could we could go top of the table by by next Saturday. In fact, probably we probably would because whoever Leicester are playing on Saturday what their, their game would or Sunday or whatever it's going to be after because that's that's the, that's the the early kickoff so if that did happen um, bearing in mind what I said earlier would it be 
do we want to be in that position at the beginning of March or do we still want to be the ones doing the chasing? We just want to win our games. We just want to keep winning. Keep winning our games and not losing. That's all. The rest will come. Okay. Um, right. It's a bit Yoda-ish, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, yeah. I'd be quite happy for us to beat West Ham middle of the week and draw against Woolwich, maintain that lead over them, and then hope Leicester um, slip up. I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable with us being second at the moment because I'm still expecting Leicester in the final five or six games to drop points there. Um, I'm not going to do predictions, but just just jumping a bit further forward, um, looking at our games, um, we've got Villa and Villa away after the Arsenal match, and and then Bournemouth at home, which should be on paper comfortable. And obviously we've got the European games um, that we mentioned. Now April look, is looking quite tough, so we've got we've got a visit um, Anfield. Britannia, Stoke City, and we've got Chelsea, which was originally at, um, due to be played at the end of April, but that's now moved to beginning of May on the Monday. And we've got United at home as well, um, and then somebody else, West Bromwich Albion, which you know that's a Tony Pulis team. Um, April's going to be quite tough. Um, there's no reason why we can't beat any of those teams, but I think that's 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 going to be a, a, that's for me is going to be the month where. Not just for us, but for the teams around us, where you're going to see some of them drop points. Because I fully expect Leicester to drop points, but I think so will we, and I think so will Arsenal. And I think it's just going to come down to who's going to drop the less points and who's going to be more consistent. And I think April's going to be really key in all of that. Well, watching Liverpool now, um, I don't think they're much to worry about. Do you, Mark? Who? Liverpool. Nah, nah. But they're massively inconsistent. You don't, you never know which Liverpool team's going to turn up. One that's really good or one that's averagely shit. And of course, they've got their the European games too, as have United. Of course, yeah. And you don't know if that's going to knock them or you know the injuries or whatever is going to come out of that. Liverpool are to deceive. Definitely. Yeah, they need they this. Can't um, def- they can't defend for shit. Second half of extra time. Or oh, no, first half still of extra time. Yeah, nah. Not even well, lucky to get the equaliser. They are they are poor, but it's still it's still a trip up to Anfield, and I think Stoke will be tricky. That will be a harder game. I'm more worried about that. Yeah, that that I've been worried about of all the games, even months before I looked at that. That could be a tough one. Um, West Brom. Yeah, you, you're looking at that probably with last season's eyes rather than this season's eyes. And, you know, we've we've just come come through so much this season. How many games have we even looked like we deserve to lose? Even games we have lost, we haven't looked like we deserve to lose. We, we're capable of beating everybody on our day. We're not going to, but yeah. you've got to be confident. You've got to be confident that we're going to create chances and we're, we've got... To, a damn good chance in every single game we play the way we're going at the moment. Well, well we've, we've been going all season. Are there shades of... I know that 
other shades of United in 1999 in this Spurs team in so far as we've A, we've got a lot of young players that have come through um, and are now actually they're still quite young but I can't say that they've, they've peaked just yet but we've also got this tendency to we can beat anybody as you say Mark and we can also get late winners um, we showed that to some degree last season um, we can come back from, from games like today Crystal Palace away for example um, you know we can we've got a resilience about us and and that's similar to I think the the well, not just that 1919, but a lot of the United title-winning teams of the past. Goals all over the pitch, too. Mm. Yep, yeah. Seriously. Goals all over the pitch. Different players coming through at, at different periods of the season. And you know, I'm hoping someone's going to go on a little tear within the next, you know, six or seven games as well. I mean... It's there. We we're capable of it all. It's just a case of waiting and seeing and hoping that we get what we deserve. Okay, um, we're going to move on to some questions in a minute. Before we do, Bex, um, I mentioned the Spurs ladies earlier, and and you said they've got that they're involved in two cup competitions. Um, mm-hmm. What's what's the so, what's been happening to Spurs ladies? Well, they were on for a treble in the cup competitions, um, but crashed out today after extra time against Aston Villa ladies so we were two all at full time Bianca Baptiste scored both of our goals um, after extra time Villa just got the one in extra time um, but Spurs ladies pushed them really close which is good they are a division above us and this was the game jab that we questioned Jella Scalacci and Avila Bergen about to say you know what do you think is it difficult playing a Super League club because they are that level above um, and Jenna said at the time she thought it would be pretty close she thought there wasn't much difference in the players and that was proven today I think it was only 3-2 disappointing but it is what it is um, They their next game then is a week on Tuesday on the 8th and they play West Ham so that in the evening that'll be a good game to look forward to and that's at the Berlin ground and that's that's it's nice that it's being played there because you know we, we've talked about previously about how they don't get to play in um, you know in Premier League stadiums. Yeah, yeah. it's good. And yeah, it'll be good. Um, so and that's an evening kick off, which is be a good, nice game to go to. Um, so hopefully they smash them as well because, as Jenna said, that's one of their big rivals. And what's the just just remind all of our listeners um, when is the final Ryman's Cup final going to be Ryman played? Ryman's Cup final on the fourteenth of April. It's a nineteen forty-five kickoff, and that's at Chessent. So that should be quite a good night. Cool. Um, I still don't have detail actually on the Capital Cup final. I've got no idea of when or where that's being played, but I would imagine that's probably somewhere in April. And that was the okay. final they got through to last week. Excellent. Okay, um, let's just finish off with a few questions. Um, Sam Moore asks, who is your preferred option in midfield whilst Moussa Dembele is out injured and why? Dyer and Ali. And then let, let Ali, Ali drift, drift forwards and let the, our, attacking, our attacking players do their thing for me. 
yeah, it works for me. I'm not good with tactical knowledge. Um, and then, uh, yeah, otherwise Mason as well, Mason and Dyer. Well, Mason yeah. coped on Thursday. Yeah. Um, and Dyer and Ali managed more than adequately, I think, today. Mm. I mean, maybe Mason and Dyer and then drop Sun for Ali because I know Sun's... Yeah, I Sun think he needs to play. definitely needs some he needs some work, though, son. He just seems to be everywhere but nowhere at times. Um, I don't know whether he's not better playing back more towards the middle where he can pick up the ball and do damage rather than so far up front. I think... Um, well, he got Carroll also out injured, so yeah, the options are Bentalab, Mason, or playing Dyer further back. Earlier on in the season, if you'd asked me, I would have said... Deli Alley with with Dyer, like both you've just said. Um, I I'd, I'd quite like Dyer. Sorry, I quite like Deli Alley playing in that deeper role and then breaking forward. Um, but because he's been doing so well further forward and he links up really well with Kane, don't want to disrupt the, the the team so much. So I think I would go for one of Mason and Mason and Bentlab, probably Mason not just based on his performance on Thursday night, but over the course of the season. Um, having said that, as you say, um, Bex, Ali and Dyer did a really good job today. So um, we've got options. That's that's a really nice thing about this squad. And that's and, the key, I think, is the fact yeah. that we have got options. And you can change it, you can tweak it very slightly and it still works. Potch, yeah, the master. And with all those games coming thick and fast, you've you've got to, you know, you've got to rotate players. So, you know, there will be situations where, you know, we'll have to drop Dyer back and, and play him as a centre back, for example, or, or Ali will have to drop back and play in, in the midfield. But um, we, we've got we've got the personnel to to tinker it. Um, just on, I mentioned Benzlab, and I said that I I thought out of Benzlab and Mason, I think Mason's done better over the course of the season. I, I know that's a bit unfair on Benzlab because he, he's been injured but so is Mason oh, for, for quite, most Mason um, question from Mark Yudo Mayhew who says Benzlab keep or discard he had some passing issues last week shall we say um, the ball was not going anywhere that he intended it to go Um and I think having seen that, a lot of fans will probably like that's it, just let him go. But he needs game time. Yeah. To recover from the injury and he needs to be back in the team. And also the team has changed. The way that we play and the, the characters we have, things have changed since Bentelab was playing properly. So yeah, I think he just needs time and we should keep him. Mark? Um, I'm kind of 50-50, to be quite honest. Kind of 50-50 as to what we do. Um, yeah, he definitely needs more time. I, I'm starting to wonder whether he, whether it suits him kind of being in an anchor in midfield and not being more of a a, a free-running attacking midfielder. He's, he's pretty quick on the ball. You know, he's a pretty fast player, but... He, he just needs to get his confidence back. And maybe it's not him, like I say, it's not him getting worse. It's us getting better. And our standards 
you know, and expectation expectations being raised. But yeah, his his passing has been pretty poor at times. But he's he's absolutely the kind of player I'd want us to have available if we've got games where we're struggling, like say, you know, big game like Arsenal and we're under the cosh a bit, he's exactly the kind of player that I'd want to come on and go run around and get some Scare tackles people. in and and yeah. yeah and disrupt and disrupt the other team as best he can. So yeah, it's I a tough he, question. I think last season he, he was, you know, one of our top players and even in the summer there was talk about him being a future Spurs captain and then and then this season came along when he's he's been injured and, and, and that's been disruptive and it it's possible in that final run in he might have a part to play and he might get a few games and he might we might start to see a bit of the old Ben Lab back. But I'd say even if we don't, um, I wouldn't get rid of him. Um, I'd almost say be tempted to say, well, okay, write the season off um, and then hopefully we'll have a good good preseason in the summer and and it'll be back to the Ben Lab that, that we know. You know, a player of that quality doesn't go doesn't suddenly overnight go from being a good player into a poor player um, unless. Unless you know he's he's had a really serious injury, um, and that's inhibiting him in, in some way, or he's lost a yard of pace, or whatever it may be. But um, I, I I think I think he'll have a big part to play next season. Um, I had a question on Twitter that's just come in um, from at eighty underscore Spurs. I saw Tomar who says if Jan came back tomorrow, would you pick him ahead of Vimmer, or would you keep faith with Kev? It's a good question. I would start rotating. To be quite honest, one of the, I'd probably put Kev for Europe and uh, Jan for the league. Mm. Yeah, it, it would be a shame you couldn't drop them uh, straight away just because Jan's back. That would be massively wrong because he's been really, really good, much better than everybody thought. I think coming into the side. Um, but equally, is it fair to just say to Jan, right, okay, thanks very much, now you're back, you're straight in. He probably needs that same time that we're happy to give Bentaleb. A bit of time to get himself back in, make sure his fitness is up. Oh, yeah, I don't, maybe a league and uh, Europa and league, I don't know. He won't throw Jan back in regardless, not coming back from injury, he will not no. risk that. No, Pop he'll net, ease him Pop back in. It'll be East, yeah. I think, yeah, I think Mark, you're right. I think it'll, it'll, it'll probably rotate them. Um, and as you say, Pochettino has got a tendency when previous players have come back from injury not to throw them back in, which I think is, which is a good a good thing. Because how many times have we seen over over the years with other clubs and with Tottenham for for that matter when a player becomes injured and they they rush them back, um, and and then they pick up a second. A secondary injury, so um, Pochino knows what he's doing, um, and I think we have, to I think be, we have to be careful of doing that with Dembele, especially. Yeah, but he's another one. I don't think Pochino, and you know these guys are top athletes, and they've got all their senses, and the medical staff can see what they're up to. If there's a risk to any one of them, or if they don't feel 100%, or if they feel that something is wrong, they're going to say, "Okay, look, this is the problem." And Poch knows they're all too integral to the team right now to risk any of that. 
I don't think he will play them knowing if that that they are carrying more of an injury and that you won't want to risk it okay um Lynette Keeler asks why is Walker still being picked over Trippier most games because of rotation yeah it's, it's definitely you know it's it's the rotation of the fullbacks um like I said earlier, Walker had a really good game today. I mean, yeah, he can get a little bit overconfident and get caught ball chasing at times as well. But, you know, Walker fries when he's got competition. You put him up against a, a pacey winger and you're going to see a really good game out of him, like somebody like Sterling or somebody like that. I mean, just like just like Rose and Davies on the other side, they're, they've both got their their pluses and minuses and they've both got roles to play in the squad and they're doing a damn good job of it I think um, if we were just involved in the league then you know we had this one one match every every weekend I think we'd probably see less rotation and he'd probably go for what he considers to be the stronger of the two. But at the moment, the stronger of the two, but I mean both by the left and right back positions. At the moment, there doesn't seem to be much. Um, but the fact we you know we've totally got... subjective. Sorry? Um, the fact that we've got games in the middle of the week, I, I, I fully expect um, Trippier to start on against West Ham and Davis... Um, two, and then I think he'll go back to Walker and Rose for for, for North London derby. I just. But don't you think that's what's making it? We are not unpredictable because you know it's just going to be an attacking team, but that's what's making the changes to the team because we've got these guys that have worked their ass off. Yeah. And then they get a full week rest. You know, they're <laughs> training. They're not but they know they'll come back into the team and then we've got another fresh load of guys that we can try out and say okay come on show me what you can do so because we've got that rotation they're always fresh those fullbacks and i think it's working really well they're fresh and they've got they've almost got an incentive yeah, well, they, they know that they know they're going to play as you say because they're watching oh. they are in the crowd or they are somewhere or they're on the bench when their opposite numbers effectively are playing so they know what they're up against the whole time it's a challenge and they don't and they don't seem to miss a beat yeah exactly it would be interesting if we reached let's say the Europa Cup final who he would who he would start um, left back and right back or would he again be dictated by whether we've played a game a few days before or, or so forth. Um, it's a cruel world, I guess, sometimes being a football manager, making those decisions and, and keep, keeping people happy. But, you know, from, from, I think from our perspective as fans, we've got what we want. We've got competition for places. We've got a strong squad. And I think that's, that's going to serve us well. Um, okay, final two questions. Nick Seal asks, seeing as we have some fans that have gone to the trouble of setting up a Levy and Poch out group, um, now that there are various, I've seen a few of these groups set up on Facebook and Twitter. Um, how would you try to get them on side if you were the big cheese, or would you not bother with the pond scum? Personally, um, fuck them. 
that's my attitude. Um, if they were burning and my bladder was bursting, <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't piss on them. Um, that's you know, fuck them, really. Anybody care to add any comments to that, or, or, or take a more um, reconciliatory approach, perhaps? No, I can't be asked. Life's too short to persuade people that don't have the same opinion as you to that they should believe the same as you. Can't be asked. So fuck them, pretty much. Fuck them. If the team can't <laughs> convince, if the team can't convince them, then you know, it's just. It comes to a point of a uh, foolish pride with these people, I think, and, and trying to stick in with the group and not wanting uh, to, not having the balls to say they were wrong. So yeah. Yeah. it gives a shit. Yeah. I think that yeah. is absolutely the case with a lot of them. They decided that it was all wrong and that nothing could fix it, and now they absolutely refuse. Well, smoke me a kip or I'll be back for breakfast, boys, because I ain't listening to any of you. You can see the team are doing well, so just believe the evidence that's in front of your eyes yeah give him the finger and fuck him right well maybe not but anyway yeah okay <laughs> final <laughs> there's a lot of fucking going um <laughs> final question zach gives no i like this um asks farewell gig at the lane and you can have free bands and artists um uh, performing you can reform bands but not bring back dead people so for example queen but with ex YZ singing instead of Freddie Mercury. Who do you have, and in what or and in what order? I didn't see that bit of his question. Um, okay, so I had, a, I had a quick think about this. It's a bit tricky because there are lots of bands really that I like, tricky. but they've got nothing to do with 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 Spurs. So, for instance, um, I'm a big Oasis fan, um, but yeah, there's no, you know, it'd be pointless having <laughs> them there. So I would go with. Manic Street Pre- Preachers, um, because they're a good band, and Nicky Wire is a Spurs supporter, so I'd definitely have them on there. Um, I don't know about the order, so if, if you've got to pick three, then I'd have Manic Street Preachers. I'd have, you've got to have a bit of Chaz and Dave, um, because, for obvious reasons, the whole Spurs thing. And then after that, I'm struggling to think. Um, maybe I'd go for Mer- our own Merrick Wells and his band, The Lost Clauses. Okay. Mark? Um, definitely Chaz and Dave. Um, I'd probably want to, I'd probably want to do the Manics too, but that kind of be the band. And then I'll just, I reckon any real fans of the club would want to be there. So you'd get a whole bunch of them all wanting to get up on stage. I mean, I know Adele isn't quite the person you'd want at that that time because you know singing about some old boyfriend and stuff isn't really for the occasion but um yeah i just want i'd expect all of them to want to be there and all go and sing a bunch of tottenham songs and songs together yeah i kind of i really struggled with this jesse J is allegedly a spurs fan so she would have to go and that's kind of where i stopped because once you've said Chaz and Dave, then where else do you go with it? Mm. And who else is going to want to come and sing Spurs songs unless they are very much Spurs fans? I mean, other, I think of musicians that are allegedly Spurs fans. Emma Bunton. Um, Phil, yeah, musician, Phil, musician is a bit yeah. of a stretch. <laughs> um, Phil Collins. <laughs> yeah, no. 
No, exactly. Right. Um, so we've got just, just. I should have mentioned this earlier. So we've got obviously we've got West Ham in the middle of the week. Um, there is a possibility we might do a midweek pod, um, but I'm still thinking about it and still discussing whether we should go ahead with that. But there might be one in the middle of the week after the West Ham match. Um, we shall see. And if not, then the next pod will be on Sunday, probably the day after North London Derby. Um, and that's about it. Um, Mark, thank you as ever. Thank you. Bex, thank, thanks a lot. You're very welcome. Um, we're all off to read about tantric sex. Um, <laughs> the future's bright. The future's <laughs> lily white. Good night. in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.